Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Tip Balls Podcast. This is a really exhilarating and exciting edition, if I say so myself. It is Friday, September 8th, 2023, and the Lions are on top of the NFL. Uh, it doesn't matter who I am, but to my right is the one, the only, Uncle Sam, Sal Signorelli. Hello. Behind the decks, on the ones and twos, as always, Bruce Emrick O'Cream Pie Venditti. What's going on? I, I tried to make my team name in the, yeah. on, in the Fantasy League Emrick O'Cream Pie, by the way, and it wouldn't let me, ESPN wouldn't let me do that. I just want you to know that. It's a shame. But what do you Try Emrick O'Ball Bag. Still. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, maybe I will. Still in New York City. Oh, looks God. like he's sitting. <laughs> looks like the, the high line is sitting behind him in the distance. Uh, but still in New York City is the one, the only, the real host of the show, Sam Randazzo. Fashion ball. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. And uh, I am Michael Zolo. You guys know me as Zolo. Michael Palazzolo. And I am very, very pleased this morning because... Even though I was wrong, I didn't think they were going to pull it out. I thought that literally the scenario that happened yesterday was going to play out, which was Patrick Mahomes has the ball in his hands to end the game. The Lions pulled out a 21-20 victory in Kansas City to start the year. They are the top team in the NFL, if only for a few days. They are on top of those standings, I promise you. You can look at my Instagram story for proof. And they did it. They did the unthinkable. And they needed to win one of these two games. We've been talking about it since May. They needed to split with Seattle and Kansas City. And they got the hard one out of the way. And all that does is it opens the door for what could be the most feral, noisy, incredibly sounding Ford Field that we have ever heard. Unfortunately, we have to wait another eight or nine days. It's going to be next Sunday, the 16th. But what did everyone think of last night? Uncle Sam, let's go. I know you have a lot to say. Arrowhead Stadium is amazing, loud. These people are right on the field. They were having problems all game with uh, snap counts and everything just because of all the crowd noise. But there was a lot of Lions fans there. I was shocked how many Lions fans were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that, That really surprised me. I was... I was really shocked. Uh, I just, they were flat, I thought, the first series. They were awful. They were flat. You had to shake I, the rust off. I, I I just don't like when teams don't get a couple series in in the preseason. I don't care. It's, it's, you, it shows. It shows. They were flat for most of the first quarter. That's why he had to go for it on a fake punt just to get some Juice underneath his team, on the second. and and that was a great call at the time, and uh, they pulled out a hard victory, man. All the rookies played well. I I thought for the most part that they they were outstanding. Normally, you get one or two guys that are good that don't make mistakes. They uh, Laporta was outstanding, I thought, because outside Amon Ross St. Brown, he's the only guy that was consistent. I really liked what they did with David Montgomery. You know, I made the call on that. I think that kid's going to be a beast this year. 
David Montgomery's going to be a beast. I, I think we were all in agreement on that, too. Yeah. And, and um, Jameer I, Gibb was excellent. We, we could have used more. It's going to be defensive rookie of the year. Real quick, before I let you keep going, we could have used more of David Montgomery. There wasn't. Oh, an, I agree. There I wasn't agree, enough they were, they of were David putting, Montgomery. They were putting nine guys in the box. They were. They were. You know, and and well, they couldn't Sneed stop or whatever his name was, the uh, defense coordinator, the Spagnola. He, he was sending corners and safeties on every play when they thought they were going to run. He was blitzing corners and safeties. He was bringing two. So I, I get it. I get it. That was the only way they were going to be able to stay in there. They had to blitz on every down. And unfortunately, outside Amon Ross St. Brown and Laporta, they really didn't get any consistency from the receiver spot. Josh Reynolds did well but Marvin Jones let, let's let's all be honest uh, he needs to bring him up <laughs> he need, he needs to go he, he's not a two or a three anymore he needs to go he was the cause he, of that fumble right yeah no it, you yes. know what I couldn't figure out who zero was you, you were at a bar last night correct correct so you couldn't hear a lot of audio could you were that was there audio there it was but we were too busy yelling at the guy doing karaoke that was shit. that was the first fumble of Marvin Jones career and really? and I think he's played over. I think he was close to to a hundred and some games. That was the first time in his life yeah. that he had ever. But fought. he had passes in his hands. He yeah. couldn't make the catch. Yeah. It's it's obvious he's he can't get separation anymore. I I mean, I I just to me I th- I think down. he's a good mentor for these guys, but he's not viable anymore. I I, I this just, is a very. Huh? This is a very difficult view to take the day after uh, a team that we should be celebrating wins. And for you I to am go celebrating in, the win. I, I'm glad they won. I didn't think Marvin, that, you know what? Marvin Jones right now. All right. The, yeah, let's the ghost of Marvin, Marvin Jones. Let's what? cut this shit here. The, you want to sit here and pick apart the Marvin Jones, the Marvin Jones situation. Go ahead. At the end of the day, realistically, it didn't have much of an impact on the game because the Lions were actually able to bounce back from that, which I didn't think they were going to be able to because on the same drive, you had a box snap and you had the Marvin Jones fumble. I thought right when I saw that, right when I saw that drive, I was like, okay, this is going to go, this is cute, this is fun, but this is going to go the way that I thought it was going to go. The, The difference maker in this game for me wasn't, the Kadarius Tony debacle. Yeah, he's it, it wasn't the shit. Marvin Jones. It wasn't the Marvin Jones fumble. Um, for me, the Detroit Lions defensive front owned the line of scrimmage. Aiden Hutchinson was it was in on Pat Mahomes on every <clears throat> single play. Hutchinson was literally in Mahomes' face every single play. And at the end of the day. You saw Carl Loftus get pressure on golf a couple of times, but I thought the Lions' offensive line kept him nice and clean all night, and the Lions' defensive line had Mahomes. They, literally, if you go back and watch it, every single play, Aiden Hudson pressured Pat Mahomes. That, that, for me, is the difference maker in that game right there. Obviously, the receiving core without without having Kelsey in it, is is ugly. It's very, very ugly. The other thing that shocked me about last night's game was I, I thought Clyde Edwards-Alaire was 
was was off out into into the press, Iowa and Kansas City. Like I didn't think that this guy was still even viable for them. I was shocked to see him get used as much as he did last night. Um, I know Pacheco got banged up at one point for for a couple of drives, but ultimately, I think X factor in this game for me was was Detroit's defensive line. I mean, they were in Mahomes' face on every single play. He did he did not get one play where he just got to sit there, scan everything, had time, drop back. The two times they let him do it, he made great throws down the field. But, I mean, that's the X factor for me. And right off the bat, this Lions secondary is vastly improved from what it was last year. I get it. You weren't going up against, you weren't going up against the best receiving core in football. But they, they looked a lot better. Um, Brian Branch, as a rookie in your first game, his ability to, to concentrate and make that catch, take it back. And Pat Mahomes' first ever interception in week one, beautifully done. They messed up a couple of things, but I'll tell you what. That, for me, I, I thought the Lions would win that game, especially once I heard Kelsey was out. I thought they were going to win that game. The Chiefs desperately missed Chris Young, desperately. Because if he yeah. was there, I don't think David Montgomery's gassing them up the middle all night. And realistically, what we saw the Lions do offensively last year, I think they're going to do defensively this year. Truly, I think they're going to be one of the top defenses in the league when this is all said and done this year. You held Mahomes to two touchdowns at home to start the year. That's that's that Huge. goes without saying. Yeah. Oh, and and you got a touchdown out of Mahomes to start the year, even if it was a bad drop or a, a tip ball. No pun. What shout out to the podcast? Shout out to tip balls. <laughs> yeah, shout out to tip <laughs> balls. Um, I'm gonna do this thing after every Lions game, no matter what. It's gonna be called five things. Um. I'm not going to talk about the Chiefs. I'll get into that afterwards, how I felt about the, the Chiefs' performance. But just, just, to, just to start, this is the first segment of five things about the Lions game. Uh, it's going to come after wins like yesterday, and it's going to come after losses. But either way, these are five observations I had. And you guys harped on all but maybe one of them. Um, number one, which we have talked about, was the rookies. Um, it goes without saying that was they were they were mocked day one for how they drafted. They were less mocked day two for how they drafted. Um, but either way, all four of those rookies that they took in the first two rounds made plays. They had impacts. Some surprised me. Some didn't. We knew Laporta was going to be good. Yeah. We knew Laporta was going to have a big role. I didn't realize how. Okay, he, he caught everything. He caught every single thing that was thrown at him. And then this is what we were sold with Hawkinson, is the yards after contact. Laporta had that. He caught things and then took off afterwards. He didn't have drops, and he didn't just go down after he caught the ball. He made plays. On top of that, he was big, mainly, mainly in run protection. But either way, he was big in protection all night. I was so I knew Laporta was going to be good. I knew he was going to have an impact, but I was floored. I was floored with how good he was. Probably the best all-around rookie on the field yesterday. Number two, obviously Brian Branch. Less about the – I mean, he had a pick six, and, and if it was 50-yarder, and like you said, the first one in Mahomes' career in week one. It's the first pick six in someone's first game, a, a Lions rookie's game, 
since who, Uncle <laughs> Sam? Did you see? Lem Barney. It was Lem Barney. Yeah. Lem Barney, which is which is one of the best DBs in Lions history. Uh, but we're talking. We're going. He was way a number back. twenty-two, by the way. Yes. He wore. 20. He wore number twenty. I think it was Barry Sanders. Um, nineteen sixty-four. Oh, stop. Yeah, it was. It, it was a long time ago. Either way. Um, <laughs> And it, it was imp- it was impressive. He was great in coverage. He was in at a lot of plays. Uh, thank God it was just a cramp. And I and I saw when they were looking at him, and everyone goes, "Oh, it was a non-contact injury." I saw when they were massaging his calf that it was probably a cramp, and that's okay. And that ha- it's week one. It was eighty degrees there. Uh, oh, not yeah. not too worried. I'm really excited to see what he does in Ford Field against Metcalf, Smith, and Jeba. And uh, and Tyler Lockett next. That, that's going to be a great matchup. The Lions secondary with those guys. Number number three was uh, well. This isn't thing three, but still on the rookies. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, he was good in flashes. It seems like they were we were wrong. I thought we would see a lot of Gibbs. Uh, it seems like they're introducing him slowly, which is fine. When we saw him, he was good and he was explosive. I don't know if they're ready to throw him in in the pass game yet. Maybe we'll see more of him against Seattle's defense, which is a little bit more secondary friendly. Um, but still, what we saw from Jameer Gibbs was impressive. He he had a lot of broken tackles, uh, but still still feel like there's a lot left to be desired there. And then number four, Jack Campbell. Um, I thought it, it just historically linebackers come along slow, uh, especially off ball linebackers. His it's it's hard because the speed of the game is different than college. That's the main yeah. difference in all sports from an amateur level to, to the pro levels, the speed of the game and linebackers have to adjust to the speed of the game more than anybody. Yeah. Um, I thought they'd bring him on slow. He he was not brought on slow. He was he was playing a lot of snaps last night. Especially a lot of in the meaningful second snaps. Half. He played a Especially lot in the of second snaps. Half. In the it second felt half. like he was everywhere on, yeah. on on the exactly what you you'd expect off ball plays in the play before the pick six. I don't know if you guys remember, but he they they showed a perfect replay of it. So he had a he had a tip ball. He knocked a ball down at the beginning of the second half. It was a beautiful play. Beautiful, beautiful play. Shout out to Paul. Shout out to the pocket. It was a beautiful play. But on that play, he was calling out a coverage. And he was looking the opposite direction. Then changed directions in order to tip that ball. And I thought it was so athletic for a 6'4 yes, for, linebacker. For a it was a beautiful size. play. And it was an impactful play, too. That would have been a first down. And it would have been a caught ball. Um, so all four rookies floored. They're only going to get better. Although that was to Kadarius Tony, and was, who knows if he would have yes. caught that? Yeah, so we don't he know was for awful certain. Last night, he was dog shit. We don't know for certain. <laughs> number number real, two, and go ahead, Sam. Real quick on 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 the rookie. Uh, I agree with every single thing you said. I thought Laporta was was. I thought Laporta was good in the past game and even better in protection. Um, Jack Campbell was all over the field. Agree with both those things. We didn't get a lot of Jameer Gibbs, like you said, but when we did, the way that he was able to bounce off him, off the defenders, there was, I, I can't remember if it was the first run or the second run that they gave him. He bounced off of three guys. Yeah, like, he spun his yeah. way and bounced off of three guys. And, and it was like that every time he had the ball in his hand, he was able to bounce off the first guy and just accelerate so quickly down and and truly i think once they integrate him in more because i think what you said is exactly right they're not going to throw a full workload at him right out of the gate but my god could he be scary scary good if he's able to bounce off of guys like that and and when he gets open field everybody better watch out because they're not catching him 
think he got a little rattled when he was catching the outside and he tripped. Like his first. Yeah, I mean, well, you know why? You know why? All he was looking at was end zone. He wasn't paying <laughs> yeah. any attention, and he just his feet came out from under him. And I was just like, "Damn, they were lucky. They that he that fell. They were lucky. He would have scored on that." Yeah, I, yeah he. Yeah. I, I, it, it reminded me of Turfgate. All the Turfgate conversations oh. we had. Yeah, that's what and mean. and was the sod father? I know he was retired, but was he involved in that? Because he for sure tripped, and that was that at, at a minimum a first down. For I thought it was going for a touchdown as well. I agree. I agree. Yeah, that would have been sick. Yeah, yeah. Thank God they still scored. I, I was very happy with the performance. I, you know what? They were a little flat in the beginning, but they gutted it out. The defense was a hell of a lot better than they were last year in the opener. They, you can't even compare it to you. night and day. That's you that's know. a big thing. And they had a, a few broken plays, but uh, other than that, they were solid. The secondary was solid. I really liked when they when they kicked Aiden Hutchinson into the three technique. Yeah, we had an and observation. Put Houston on the outside we, of. Him on third down, Sam. I don't know if you caught this with the pressure. Um, go, I'll, I'll let you finish in a second, Uncle Sam. On third downs, what they were doing is they would move Aiden Hutchinson on the inside a little bit as a three tech and put oh. Houston in, and they wreaked a lot of That's havoc. A lot of havoc. Obvious, yeah. obvious passing downs. It was impressive. Um, now I'm not done with five things, and I didn't also didn't say five Give things. Give us the other four. Pardon me. Give us your other four. Yeah. So so they're not all going to be good. Uh, I thought one of the uh, I thought one of the downsides of yesterday's game, a, a shocking one, by the way, was I thought the offensive play calling was atrocious. Um, I thought that that was not Ben Johnson's best game. I thought they abandoned the run and mainly David Montgomery. I thought they abandoned David Montgomery way too much, and they were trying to make Goff make short yardage situations plays happen. And your offensive line was eating; they were eating. Go out and try and get it. If Nick Bolton blows it up, whatever. You don't get the yard, punt it. But they put Goff in some really bad situations, some high pressure situations to throw the ball on third down, and it almost never worked out. Too there were some where they had some miraculous conversions. There were some big catches from Reynolds, some big catches from St. Brown and Laporta. Uh, yeah, they were they were good balls. Um, I just thought that that wasn't Ben Johnson's best game. I thought that, and, and it goes back to Gibbs. Maybe Gibbs was a little underutilized. Maybe they know something we don't, like he's not ready. But they just didn't run the ball as much as I would have liked them to because David Montgomery was a man yesterday. And that is why the, his touchdown, even though there was great blocking from Laporta, there's great blocking all around on his touchdown, but his touchdown is why they signed him instead of going with Jamal Williams. That is why. He's going to be such a force in the red zone and in goal line. And they weren't in the – I don't I don't think they were in goal line yet when he scored that touchdown. No. He was still 15 yards out. But he falls forward every time, and he was good for three or four yards every time he touched the ball. So I didn't like the offensive play calling. I didn't think they did enough underneath. Maybe I'm underestimating how good – well, no, I wasn't. I knew the Chiefs linebackers were going to be good, and they were everywhere yesterday. Nick Bolton was was one of the players of the game last night. But maybe the play calling was affected with how the Chiefs were stacking the box. Yeah, he did. So number two for me was a negative was the play calling. Number th the rest going forward the last three we've 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 harped on already. But number three was Aiden Hutchinson. Um, it doesn't look like he's gonna take a. Sl there's gonna be a slump this year. It, it's he. 
he took a massive step last night. And if it wasn't for Jawan Taylor literally cheating with where he was lining up and, and I, I the, can't believe they and the jump roll. snap I counts, which was one of the stories of the night. By the way, I had a, I had a, a uh, argument, if you will, in my in a group chat with my brother. Um, we all agree it was false starts the entire night. It wasn't just him predicting the snap count. We all agree with that, right? Right. The so, entire night. So my brother says that they should be calling it, and my argument is it's going to go one of two one of two ways. Either they're going to call it every time, or they're not uh, until he stops doing it, or they're not going to call it every time. Which was the approach that they took last night. They weren't going to call it unless someone phoned into the refs at mid game and said, "Hey, this guy's jumping every single play." They weren't going to do anything about it, or unless the Lions said something, "Watch out for this guy." And it's it's kind of sad when the broadcast is is joking yeah, about it. Mike Tirico is pointing it out that yeah. this guy is lining up. Collinsworth called him their, uh, their well, yeah. best slot receiver last night because because yeah. he because they said that I mean even the the you don't see this. The the on-air official goes, "Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. His helmet is supposed to be lined up with the center's waist. It was almost never lined up with the center's waist. His helmet wasn't even on his ass, no. let alone his waist." But guess I mean, what? Come on, guess dude. what? It cost them in the in the fourth quarter yeah. because yes, he's telegraphing their plays at that point cuz if Correct. he's lined up off of the center, that's an obvious passing down, number one. Number two, when he was lined up on the line and on the center, not only was it a run, but it was a run probably coming to his side. And the Lions saw that coming. No better example was Josh Paschal blowing up that play on third down right. when they were third and one. Josh Paschal knew it was coming, and they predicted it. So the Lions de-adjusted. Uh, I, I agree that... It, it was a great all-around defensive effort. I was surprised with how good the secondary was. That was not a pass interference on Cam Sutton. That was not. No, that, um, that was bullshit. That could have went both ways. It was it was for sure incidental contact. And by the way, he was looking at the ball. And when you're looking at the ball, you should always get that call. And the receiver right. was not looking at the ball. So they should have gave him the benefit of the doubt. Go ahead, What Bruce. about the, uh, the tripping call? The tripping call was a great – the David Montgomery well, tripping call? That was a trip. How he got ran over? Dude, he was it, on his back and he got, stuck his feet out to trip him. It was. I think over. you're both right. I think you're both right. It was a. Tr it was a trip, and they have to call it because they it made a bearing on the play. I also think he didn't mean to trip him. I think but his legs were just like flailing. He just went in. You know, and he's walking. Oh, he over. meant to trip him. He was trying to do anything he could to stop. Him. That's an impressive. That's, that's the sign. If that's the case, that's a good yeah. play because that's an impressive. It you uh, athletically, it's really impressive if he was able to get that trip off. Um, but anyways, uh, number three, uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, I saw some stat on how his his uh, the the speed in which he gets off the ball um, at last year is like point eight, which is a which is a crazy elite pass rusher. Yesterday it was in the point seven range, which is faster than any pass rusher in the league. Miles Garrett. Uh, Nick Boza, who got the biggest contract in defensive history, and if that's the case, he's not always going to go on to go up against Jawan Taylor's. There's going to be games this year where Aiden Hutchinson is eating, and he introduced that double spin move that was impressive. And by the way, especially in the first half, when he was getting blocked, they were wrapped around his neck the entire night. Him and Aleem McNeil were getting held almost every, every moment passing down. Yeah. So. Aiden Hutchinson was a major standout for me defensively yesterday. Uh, number four on five things. Again, I didn't say they're all going to be positive. I think the Lions need a pass catcher. I've been seeing all over Twitter about how the Chiefs need to go out and get Mike Evans. No, I think the Lions need to go out and trade for Mike Evans. I am hoping that situation blows up. The deadline is tomorrow. 
his self-imposed deadline for him to sign. I think the Lions need to pony up for a receiver. I think it was karma yesterday for uh, what happened with Marvin Jones was karma for that report that came out that DeAndre Hopkins claims that he called the Lions. He reached out to the Lions, and they didn't call him back, amongst other teams. But that was the that was the theory in a GQ magazine article. Um, and I think the Lions need a receiver. I love Marvin Jones. I think he's going to be good. I think it was just an off night. But it's no coincidence that that was the first fumble of his 12-year career. He's the oldest receiver in football. That was the first fumble right. of his career. And it was a big one. It ultimately didn't matter, like Sam said, but it was a big one. He had some big drops, some big ones in the second half. And that was just not like the Marvin Jones that we knew. And it was not like the Marvin Jones of the last two years of Jacksonville. He made a lot of clutch plays with a high target share in Jacksonville. So I'm hoping that's a one-off against a good team. Um, I'm happy Reynolds didn't start great. Reynolds stepped up big in the second half. He had four catches for 80 yards. I've been saying for two years that there hasn't been enough of Josh Reynolds. There wasn't enough of Khalif Raymond yesterday. Yeah, that's the thing that surprised me. I am shocked that they didn't have him on the field more. Because you know Raymond's the guy that stretches the field. Mm -hmm. And he made and, it, the and, one target he City did make was a play. doing everything they could to make golf pass. Mm -hmm. They had so many guys up on the line of scrimmage on every play. I'm with you. I was just like, man. I'm with you. not taking advantage of the downfield stuff. Um, so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if they are making phone calls on wide receivers. I don't know. They uh, the the consensus last night is this is why you really miss Jamison Williams. Yes. Because in those situations, his speed will bail him out. And right. in short yard, excuse me, in in passing downs where Goff has intense pressure, which is which was often yesterday. That was their goal was to was to make Goff uncomfortable. Didn't really work. He or Maybe not that it didn't work, but he made the plays when he needed to. But in those situations, when you have Jamison Williams and his speed, he's getting open by creating separation with his speed, and Goff could have looked towards him. And there was a lot of times where they missed that. Now, who knows if uh, Jamison Williams would have caught the ball. I just know that one down, five to go, and they cannot wait for that guy to get back. So I wouldn't be shocked if they make a phone call on a, wide a, uh, a stout wide receiver in the meantime. And then number five on five things, it's a good one. I thought the Lions were completely unfazed yesterday. I thought they were unfazed with everything. And it's a test to everything they did towards the end of the season last year, culminating with that big Sunday night win on the road in Green Bay. Um, Arrowhead was great. Um, I don't think it affected the game as much as you think it did, Uncle Sam. I thought the the – uh, mainly, Ragnar was off yesterday with a couple things. Um, that's that's the noise. Yeah, that's that's, that's the noise. That's the noise. Yeah. But a lot of it, they had a silent snap count, and yeah. a lot of a lot of audibles were being called in the last ten seconds of the play clock by Goff, and that's on Ragnar to look at the clock and count down in his head on when to snap the ball. I agree. It was prevalent in the second half, and, and it is the noise. But for the most part, they were completely unfazed. They were unbothered by the crowd. They were unbothered by the fumble. They got back up on the horse every time something happened and made a play. And I just thought that's, that was so that's impressive. That's the coaching staff. That's you got to give the coaching, the coaching staff credit for that's that. That's the coaching, and it's, it, it was two years' worth of build to get to this point. Right. They, they weren't the team that had been in those situations. And on top of that, they're young. They're a top-five young team in the league. Yes. But they were unfazed by almost every element yesterday. And if that's how they're going to approach the road, I don't think they have many tougher road games than that. 
I mean, they have tough. They have tough teams on the road, but tough road environments. Hey, you're playing the champs. You're playing the, the champs road. on the road in arguably the loudest outdoor stadium. Yes. And they were completely unbothered by it. They were unbothered. They didn't care. And Dan Campbell said, I don't know if you guys saw the the locker room uh, talk this morning. Last night in his press conference, he said, I'm not surprised at all. And uh, he told his team last night in the locker room video, you know, we're not shocked. This We expected to come in here and win. And if that's the mindset that they're going to approach these road games, oof. I love that. They're, they're going to be a tough out. Not just at home, but every week, week in and week out, I think the Lions are going to be yeah. a tough out. They out they outworked them. They outworked them yesterday. Yeah. They, and, and it like you said, Sam, you nailed it. In the trenches, they were dominant. I'm sad they went away from the offensive line a little bit in the second half because those guys were eating. Uh, the defensive line was eating, and it's only going to get better. They're not going to be playing a team that cheats off the line of scrimmage the rest of the season. And I'm excited to see what they do from the trenches out. One, one other thing, uh, I thought going to what you guys said about how I don't think they were really phased by being at Arrowhead. I don't think they were phased by playing the Chiefs. I thought Jared Goff last night, it, it looked like he took a step from last year to the last night. I mean, he looked poised the entire game. He looked calm. He looked cool. He looked collected. I, I mean, for anybody going into Arrowhead, we know. It's not an easy place to play. Going in on the Chiefs banner night, you know, you got the B-52s doing the flyover. Like, I feel like it'd be real easy, especially with the amount of rookies they got on that team that are going to have a big impact for them to have been in their head a little bit. I didn't see that at all. You know, yeah, the first drive was kind of rusty, but I got to give, I got to give praise to golf last night because there was, there's no point at that game where I thought he looked rattled whatsoever. He's been telling people it's the most confident he's ever been in his entire career, and he's hitting his prime, and he's in a groove, and it's it's proven. And I'm happy you said something because we we'd be remiss to bring up he's now the he's now have, he now has the third longest streak in NFL history of passes without throwing an interception. Um, in front of him on the list is Tom Brady from 2022, and then Aaron Rodgers. I think he's got to pass like 402 to get there, and he's at 350 or 360 something. So if he goes another three or four games here without turning the ball over, um, he's going to have the longest streak in NFL history without throwing an interception, and uh, it sh- it shows. He's he. Uh, I'm not going to say he's on fire right now, but his confidence level is is major. This is a guy that was supposed to be a throw-in in the Stafford trade with two first-round picks. Oh, we'll give you Jared Goff, too, to dump the salary. And that could end up being the the most key component of that trade is you were given a really good quarterback and uh, a guy that can get the job done. So I'm happy you said something about Goff. I think it'll only improve. It goes back to the rust, like you were saying, Uncle Sam. Goff didn't play in the preseason and there may have been some live game rust. They were two or three weeks removed from those practices with the Jaguars, which was their last live right. live live action with the ones. And that doesn't even compare to playing a full game, especially on the road. Um, I think Goff will only get better. I think they're going to get him a little help, and then eventually you're going to get Jamison Williams back, and you're only going to see more from Goff. And uh, I'm I'm excited to see where that goes. And give it a few weeks here because it's if that's what we were given last night out of him, 
stay tuned because I think he's got more left to give. I think he's got bigger throws left in him. I think there's going to be more downfield stuff. I think Ben Johnson's got a lot up his sleeve, even if it didn't show last night. And it's going to start with Jared Goff. Exciting times. Exciting times. Uh, great game. I think every single Lions fan this morning feel uh, – every single Lions fan feels uh, a, a, a confidence that they haven't felt probably in our lifetime for sure. I mean, like we said on Friday, Phil. Your lifetime. That was, that, yeah, ours. That's what I meant. Obviously not yours. Uh, but – Are you old shaming me? <laughs> uh, that that was a monumental win for the Lions. It's one of the biggest in our of mine and Zolo and Bruce's life. The, obviously, the, the last thing I want to say battle. about the Lions, real quick, um, is I we've been talking about it for weeks. I think Ford Field is going to be a very very special place next Sunday, September sixteenth. Um, I think I, I've seen some really good moments. The the Javid Best run on Monday Night Football in 2011, um, Stafford's fake spike against the Cowboys. There have been some impressive, crazy, loud moments. Last year at the end of the year, the crowds were spectacular. Um, I I think that we're going to see a Ford Field like we've never seen it in in 20 plus years. Next week, I think the crowd is going to be feral. I think there's going to be fights. I think there's going to be noise from start to finish like you haven't seen. I think it's going to be talked about. I think it's going to be a weapon, and it'll continue yes. to be a weapon the more they win. So you're you're staring down the barrel if you pull it off next week, and by no means am I predicting that. It's going to be a very tough game next week against a team that beat you last year that got better, uh, a team yeah. I still think you're better than. Well, but uh, it's a it's another big team, and then if you win that, you're talking about a, a, a lackluster Atlanta Falcons team that comes in the week after that, and you're staring down the barrel of three and zero going into that primetime game in Green Bay, and it's great for your confidence. But it all starts next week at Ford Field. I would just for fun because people want to go. I have people coming from out of town next week. I was checking the tickets last night. The game is obviously sold out. There is a chance that the aftermarket could sell out for that game. There is a chance that the tickets listed on StubHub and SeatGeek and the tick, NFL Ticket Exchange, that those are going to sell out because that's the demand. I've never seen a regular season demand for a game like I have for next week, and I think it'll show. I, I, I hope it's as special as I'm hyping it up to be, and I think it will be. I think Ford Field is going to be in incredible next week and I I we just had to wait all summer and we were blessed to have the Lions in the first game but now we got to wait eight or nine days here to to get back to nine days to get back to the next one and it cannot come soon enough I am so excited to see the Lions at Ford Field next week I just I just want to put that out there it's going to be special it's going to be really really special standing room right oh yeah the standing room will probably sell out for that game standing room is going to sell out for that game for sure uh, should we, we move on to picks? You, you read my mind, Solo. Let's do it. You it's read it. my mind. It's Our week, week one, one pick. Um, we got, yeah, no bye weeks this week. This is going to be fun. Uh, Bruce, make sure that you are taking notes and writing these down. We're going to throw this around the horn real quick. Uh, so for me, Uncle Sam, as soon as I'm done, chime in. Solo, wrap it up and bring it back around. Uh, first game. 
of the Sunday slate is the Carolina Panthers going to Atlanta to play the Falcons. Falcons are a three and a half point favorite. Over under in this game is 39. And I'm going to be blunt. We don't know what to expect out of this Panthers team. We really don't know what to expect out of this Falcons team. Um, every, everybody knows who watches this show that I'm, I'm higher on Desmond Ritter than most. I think it's going to be the B. John Robinson show in week one. Uh, I think Bryce Young might have to wait another week to get his win just because we don't know what to expect out of this Panthers team. We haven't really seen a whole lot of Bryce Young. I'm going to stick with the Falcons in this game. I'm going to give them the three and a half points. Uh, that over under a 39 and a half, I'm going to take the under. I just don't see a lot of scoring in this game. But I do see Bijan Robinson having his coming out party. Uh, Panthers defense is stout, but if he's everything that everybody said he was, he should have no issue with it. Give me the Falcons minus three and a half. Uncle Sam? Uh, I'm going to take the Panthers in this game. I, I just think like the Panthers are, are better. I think they're a better team than than Atlanta. More rounded. Defense is better. I, I think long term the Panthers are better and, and I've been high on the Panthers all off season and uh, I still am. I still think they ultimately end up winning the division. But uh it sounds like both Adam Thielen and DJ Chark could miss this game. And if your top two pass catchers are gone in your first career game, veteran pass catchers, good pass catchers are gone in your first career game. Um, I don't love this for Bryce Young on the road. Um, I don't know if Atlanta's going to flex their new muscles like like we might think they will, but I I like Atlanta at home, and I, I also like them to cover, I would say. But I'm with you. I think the Panthers are the better team. It's My, my difference-making is just no Chark and no, uh, no Thielen, but I'm going to go with the Falcons on this one, and I like them to cover too. I'll take them with the three-and-a-half. Minus three-and-a-half, excuse me. Next up. The Bengals are heading just slightly upstate to Cleveland to play the Browns. <laughs> they are a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Over-under is 47-and-a-half. And I'll be honest, uh, when I saw that two-and-a-half points, I kind of laughed about it. I-, I just think there's no way that this game's going to be as close as they think it is. Uh, give me Cincinnati minus two-and-a-half all day. Shout out to Joe Burrow, now the highest paid player in NFL history, averaging $55 million a year. Uh, I think that he's going to show everybody what he's worth um, week one in Cleveland, the battle for Ohio. Give me Cincy minus two and a half, that over under 47 and a half. I'm feeling the unders this week. I'm taking the under in that game too. I take the under and I'm taking Cincinnati. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm with you guys on the under. Um, it goes back to that conversation on golf that knocked the rust off. Joe Burrow didn't play all preseason. He didn't start practicing until this week. I think he's going to be a little rusty no matter Gotta how. Make sure, yeah, make sure that calf is good, Gotta too. Yeah, make sure the calf is good no matter yeah. how big the rapport is. And Cleveland, no matter how big the rapport is with his receivers, and Cleveland is a very tough place to play. Um, I ultimately think the Bengals are better. Um, I can't wait to see the Browns. Th- th- these are two intriguing matchups that we started with, two divisional they matchups are. that are really good um, and games that I'm excited to watch. But I am going to go with the Bengals. I do think they cover the two-and-a-half, but I also think that's what they win by. I think they win by a yeah. field goal, and I like the under. little rusty start for both teams, but ultimately the Bengals end up winning because we're all high on them. You know, real quick before I move on, because that, that is kind of an intriguing matchup. This Deshaun Watson thing, 
I think we're going to see real quick this year if he's going to go back to what he was prior to, you know, go to the Houston days, or if we're just going to see a watered-down version of him. Obviously, you can't judge much off of week one, but I'm keeping a close eye on this Brown team because I think it's going to go through him, uh, and, and it'll be interesting to see what he looks like this week. It'll be interesting yeah, to watch. Yeah, because if he, if he looks anything like he did the last six games of last year, they're going to struggle bad. And then you might see an end of an error over there and them actually think about dumping him. Okay, gun to you guys' heads. What do you think? Do you think he do you think he has it this year and he turns it around and returns to form, or do you think he doesn't? I don't know. You I don't got know. The, you got Hard to one. see. I have a gun to your head. Gun to gun my, to head. my head. He I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know if he can come back from what from all the he just doesn't look right. All right, so you're saying no. He doesn't. I, I'm saying no because he didn't look right last year. Sam? Under my head, no, he does not bounce back. He'll always be a watered-down version of what he used to be. Okay, you know what? I'll take the counter. I'll, I'll bite the bait on that one. I, I think he does, I think he does uh, rebound a little bit. I don't know if he's going to be what he used to be, but I think he has a very serviceable year. I like his pass catchers. And uh, I like his coat. I mean, Kevin Stefanski's always been a good offensive mind. So Mari I think, Cooper. I think that that's uh, beneficial for him. But I could see. I mean, either way, I'm just taking. I'm being devil's advocate here. I could see it going yeah. one way or another. But gun in my head, I'm going to pick him. Oh wow! Go ahead, game three. Hey, make sure make sure Uncle Sam doesn't tip over that desk. Somebody said Amari Cooper. I don't want him to get too excited. But uh, <clears throat> game three. The Jacksonville Jaguars are heading into Indianapolis in another divisional game. Play the Colts. Jacksonville is a five-point favorite, over-under of 46-and-a-half. And listen, we, we all of us here think that Trevor Lawrence could be the MVP this year. Um, you know, Travis Etienne, one of the best receiving cores in football, in my opinion. I, I'm going to take the Jaguars minus five in this game, 1,000%. Um, I think that the Colts are going to try and showcase Anthony Richardson a little bit in this game. I mean, there's been a lot of hype around him all preseason long, and he's going to be the best rookie out of this class. He's going to be a rookie of the year candidate. I think it's going to take a little while if he is going to be that good for us to actually see it. Um, give me Jacksonville all day minus five. That over under 46 in this game is kind of interesting to me because I don't really see the Colts playing all that much defense, so I kind of want to take the over here, and I think I might, just because I think Jacksonville's going to put up some points. Uh, give me Jacksonville minus five in the over. In the I, I agree. I agree. Jacksonville giving up the five. I just think they're going to, if they come out clicking, they're going to explode. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. Uh, I like the over, um, and I also like Jacksonville. I think they win in that like eight to ten range, the two score range. I think they safely win, and they're kneeing the ball out even on the road. Um, Indy typically it used to be a tough place to play. It's not going to be this year, um, and it's it's a little bit of a rebuilding year. They remind me of the Lions maybe two years ago. Um, I'm I don't think the I don't think they're ready. I'm excited to see Anthony Richardson though. I I want that on yeah. record. I'm excited. I, I think everybody is. Club. The Jonathan Taylor thing is going to come back to haunt them. I, I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. It's going to hurt week one for sure. Cheers. 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 
<laughs> Texas forever. Uh, next up, the Buccaneers are heading up to Minneapolis to play the Vikings. Minnesota is a five-and-a-half-point favorite over under a 45-and-a-half. And I am going to give this game a special tagline. This, to me, is going to be the blowout of the week. I think the Vikings win this game by two touchdowns. And everybody knows how low I am on the Vikings this year. Uh, I truly, I truly think the Buccaneers <laughs> are going to be the worst team in football. Uh, so give me Minnesota minus five and a half. And I'm going to take the under in this game just because I don't know. I don't know how many points the Buccaneers are putting up any given week. Well, the big story is, is Mike Evans even going to be there? He'll he'll be there. Yeah. He'll be there. He's, he's not playing there regardless. Play. It's right. just a matter of how long is he going to be. With That's because he's a stud. That's why. It's 1 o'clock. Kirk Cousins on a Sunday. They don't lose. <laughs> True. Um, 1 p.m. Kirk Cousins. I'm, right? uh, I'm with you guys to an extent. I'm going to take the opposite of what you said, Sam. I think the, Vi- the Vikings win outright, ultimately. Yeah. I actually do think that the Bucks come out firing, and it reminds me of last year's game one when Baker was in Carolina. They, I, I don't know, I don't remember if they won or not, but I know they came out really, really close. I think it was Baker versus the Jets actually. Um, I know they came out really, really hot, and I think Baker's going to come out hot because he knows that this is it. This is shit or get off the pot for him, and I think that this is my bold prediction here. I think that the Bucks ultimately end up covering the five, and I don't think it's a two-touchdown game. But the Vikings oh, wow. are going to win. I like the Vikings and the under in that game. Next up, Tennessee is heading down to NOLA to play the Saints. New Orleans three-point favorite in this game over under a 41-and-a-half. Uh, I'm not that high on Tennessee. I'm a little bit higher on New Orleans. The only question mark in this game for me is, is New Orleans going to gel off the rip in week one? Uh, and can their defense hold Derrick Henry in check? I don't know about that second one, but I do think that New Orleans knows this is their, this is their year to win this division if they want it, right? They are the team with the least amount of question marks. Uh, I'm going to take New Orleans minus three. I think they should win this game by a field goal. That over under a 41 and a half, Really can't imagine this game. Six touchdowns coming out of this game. Uh, I'm going to take the under in this one just because I, I, I don't think there's going to be all that much scoring from either side. I agree. Uh, take the under, take a New Orleans, give it up to three. Yeah, uh, I'm with you guys. Uh, Saints are hard to pick against at home no matter what, especially the first game of the year. And, um, I think they have a little bit more firepower than the Titans. I'm not as high on the Saints as everyone else is, but um, I'm definitely low on the Titans, and I think it's a low-scoring affair as well. Uh, So Saints with the minus three, and I like the under in that one. When did they change the name to that, to the Caesars Superdome? Yeah, it was Mercedes-Benz. It used to be the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. I'm sorry? It was Mercedes-Benz. It used to be the Mercedes-Benz. Yeah, but when did they change it to Caesars Superdome? In the last like two or three years ago. Oh, yeah. did not know that. Okay. Uh, speaking of a new stadium name, <clears throat> the 49ers are heading to Acrisure Stadium Stupid. in uh, good old Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. San Francisco, a two-point favorite in this game. That one's a surprising one to me, too, because 
Is that two points just because of Mr. Brock Purdy? I guess Uncle Sam will have to let us know. Over under a 41 and a half points. Uh, this game, to me, really is starting to feel like a trap game for San Francisco. Um, I, you know, I've already made my – I already made my um, – my bet on this game, I predicted the 49ers to win weeks ago. Uh, it's all over social media. And I had about 40 Steelers fans come on there and tell me how <laughs> stupid I was. There's no chance San Francisco was going to beat them in Pittsburgh. Realistically, I'm going to take San Francisco minus two. Um, I, honestly, I, I can't tell you why. I'm going to give the X factor to Christian McCaffrey here. Um, we don't really know what the Steelers running back situation is right now. There's a lot of talk about Najee Harris, a lot of talk about Jalen Warren possibly outplaying him. There's been a lot of talk lately about the Steelers, which you usually don't see. And to me, noise usually translates to something being up. So give me the 49ers in this game. I think Purdy comes out and does just enough for them to win it. I think their defense is still the best in the league besides maybe Philadelphia certain weeks. Give me San Francisco minus two. Over under 41 and a half. I don't know how much scoring we're going to see out of Pittsburgh. Uh, San Francisco don't score all that much to begin with. I'm going to take the under in this game. But if there was any game of the week that I wasn't going to bet. It would be that one. Be. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm taking the under. Take it San Francisco. I, I just it all depends on whose defense is going to beat up who first. And I, I, I'll take it Frisco. Uh, I like San Francisco. Um, by the way, this is a great game on paper too. This is this is one of the other exciting ones. And two rabid, annoying ass, massive fan bases too. You know, Niner fans are going to show up in Pittsburgh. Um, that that game's in Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, Akersher State. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I actually like the over in this one because I think that it's going to be a bit of a showcase game. And I think all of the firepower for both teams, and there are a lot of guys on both teams that can make plays, I think that they're all going to show out. And uh, for that reason, I think it goes over. I also think it's tough for a D, even the Steelers' defense, or I'm sorry, the Niners' defense is outstanding. But being on the road, it's a little bit tougher to channel that in. And I think they're going to be a little bit rusty. You know, Boza hasn't played all preseason. So give me the over, but give me the Niners. I'm with you guys. Niners cover, and they went out right, of course. Next up, Josh Dobbs and the Arizona Cardinals head to the capital city to play the Commanders. Washington, a seven-point favorite this game, over under a 38 points. I mean, my God, is this going to be a great one. Ah. Uh, Give me Washington minus seven. I don't even care. And uh, I'm going to take the under because what are we going to get a touchdown out of James Conner on the Cardinals side? I mean, I don't really see Josh Dobbs coming out and just tossing dimes at the Hollywood Brown all day. So I'm going to take Washington minus seven in this under. This, this to me, this could be our dumpster fire of the week right here. This this is the dumpster fire of the week. I agree with that. I'm excited to see uh, Sam Hall. I'm with you there. That's in, what I'm excited. In general, the commanders yeah. in general, because they seem yeah, to they're have been gonna, I I think their defense is better. I, they're I think they're a better all around team than Arizona. 
Uh, I, yeah, I'm. I I actually think it's going to be for sure the under. I actually yeah. think if if it's seven, I'm I'm going to go with the Cardinals to cover it. I think it's going to be a little tough for Sam Howell. Excited to see the entire Commanders organization. They have a good vibe going right now. I, I hope they change their name back to the Redskins. They're, they're not going to. They, God they bless might it. change their name again, what but the they're fuck? not going to go back to football team or Redskins. Their their uh, minor owner, their minority owner, just said it literally yesterday. Morning. God. Bless it. Um, but they have a lot of good karma going for them right now. I'm excited to see Sam Howell as well. Uh, he's one of the top five or ten players I'm excited to see this weekend. And uh, I, I just think that that's just a bit of a slugfest. Terry McLaurin's coming off of an injury. Uh, look out for Logan Thomas in this one because the Cardinals were very bad against tight ends last year. And Logan Thomas is not on any injury reports for the first time in a long time. And Eric Bieniemy, the new offensive coordinator, loves to utilize tight ends. Right. He gave birth to Travis Kelsey. Um, so I'm excited to see what Logan Thomas does. I think that's going to be Sam Howell's go-to. Give me the commanders. I like the Cardinals to cover, and I like the under. Interesting take there from a Travis Kelsey owner picking up uh, Logan Thomas last night pregame. Very interesting. Wink, wink. Uh, Next up, the Houston Texans are heading to Baltimore. Play the Ravens. The Ravens are a 9.5-point favorite in this game, over under a 43.5. All day, Baltimore. I don't care. I know 9.5 is a lot of points. I think Baltimore is going to win this game and win this game pretty bigly. Um, I I just don't. Again, when it's week one and you have C.J. Stroud and you don't know what to expect and, you know, I just you can't feel confident in this Houston team taking them yet. I know nine and a half points, a lot of points. Lamar Jackson has has to come out and, and show that he was worth getting that money. Let's take Baltimore minus nine and a half. Over under forty three. I'm going to take the under in this game just because I don't know what how how many points do we see Houston putting up against Baltimore's defense? Realistic. It's gonna be like pulling I, with Nico Collins and Dalton Schultz. It's gonna. Yeah. It's gonna I actually think they're gonna cover. I think they'll cover the nine and a half. I, God bless you. So I do. I fair. think they'll cover it. That is fair. Um, I uh, I'm with you, Sam. I like the under. Um, just because I don't see a lot of points being scored both ways, and I I don't think Lamar played in the preseason. And no. I think there's going to be a little little bit of rust there, a little bit of rust. But, it'll again, another showcase game. We're going to see a lot of Flowers. We're going to see a lot of Odell. Um, and, yeah, I think they're going to try and show this is why we signed this guy for this long. And I think Lamar is going to reciprocate. And you, you you said it perfectly. It's going to be hard for Stroud. It's a hard environment for C.J. Stroud to kick off. And Make a Ryan's making his head coaching debut. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ex- exactly. I think they're going to be fired up. Ryan's I think they're going to be a little game. tougher than people think. Uh, they're going to be good down the road. Um, I, I don't think this is the game where we see that. And I, I, I actually like the Ravens with the 9.5. I'm big on the Ravens this year. I still think they're going to the Super Bowl. I like the Ravens with the 9.5. And, um, and I also like that under. Next up, we have a nice divisional game. Uh, the Packers going to Chicago to play the Bears. Chicago is shocking, it, it, it's shockingly a one-point favorite in this game, over under of 42. Uh, I'm going against the grain. I'm going against the grain. I'm going to take the Packers in this game. 
Uh, it's not against I'm the green. Gonna, it's the I I don't I don't see how Chicago's favored. But here I, I am. Either. Here I am, the villain, still still wondering how the hell this is happening with the Bears. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't interrupt you. I'm, I'm gonna take I'm taking... over and I'm taking Green Bay. Go ahead, Sam. You had something to say before I cut you off. I'm taking the under. Green Bay and the under. Yeah, Green Green Bay and the under. I think it's gonna be a shootout. Green Green Bay and the under. I think I I think Green Bay doesn't have problems too. They even if it was only Aaron Rodgers, they own Soldier Field. Um, their fans are rabid at Soldier Field. I don't think Bears hype is similar to Lions hype, but I think a lot of curious Packers fans are going to be there to support Jordan Love. Oh yeah, and um, right. I I still buy into Jordan Love, and I don't buy into Justin Fields, as you guys are well aware. Um, I for sure like the Packers to cover. I for sure like the Packers to win outright. And I think I'm in on that under too. I think that's a solid under. I could see two touchdowns out of out of uh, Jordan Love and then an Aaron Jones touchdown and then Fields maybe getting 10 points or so or whatever, somewhere in there in that 10 to 17 range. So I like the under in that one. I love how Uncle Sam just said, I can see this being a shootout. When I think it's going to be a shootout. I do. I think Justin you're going to see two teams just uh, letting it all hang out. The Packers' defense is still the Packers' defense. There's still Jair Alexander. There's still Rashawn Gary. Yeah. Uh, there's there's still some and some. Chicago's improved too. their defense a lot. Too. They have. They have. It, again, the, the the Packers and almost the NFC North, you could say. Uh, even though I like the Lions more today than I did a week ago, um, the Packers' season and one of the big storylines of the season, the NFL a top five storyline, is is Jordan Love. Right. Um, I so think he's going to let it all hang out. We, we get it tomorrow. We get it. No Christian Watson. I'm excited to see former Michigan State receiver Jaden Reed. I think go. he's going to have a huge game. Uh, Romeo Dobbs should be playing. He's also on the injury report. I think those two rookie tight ends are going to get utilized. Oh, yeah. They still have Aaron Jones. Um, they still have a great running game in general. Well, that's why I'm taking him. And uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do. I believe he said the Packers Bears game would be a shootout. Anyways, moving on. Um, <laughs> Uncle Sam's Raiders team, who uh, Raiders. when I came out with, when I came out with my four or five win prediction, he told me I was crazy. Is heading to Mile High to play Denver. Denver's a three point favorite, and uh, over under is forty four. I'm taking Denver minus three. I think Russ bounces back. I can't wait to see Sean Payton put together. Um, Devontae Williams' health is a question mark next to it. Uh, who, where this receiving core falls into line for Denver has a question mark next to it. And, and I'm sorry, I, I said this in the in the post I made on Instagram regarding the AFC West. I, I don't see this Raiders team clicking. I, I, Jimmy Garoppolo has to wave a physical. There's trade talk for the last couple of weeks about Devontae Adams not making it there past the deadline. I still believe that Josh McDaniels is a dog shit head coach. Absolute petrified dog shit head coach. I'm taking Denver minus three. I'm going to take the under in this game. Again, I think it's a week of unders. It's week one. There's Russ. We said it. And I don't, I don't know if the Broncos can score yet. So we, we haven't, it's been a whole year and we don't know if Denver can score. So Denver minus three, under. The Raiders are petrified dogs. Well, they still have Josh Jacobs. They still are, are 
Their defense, I think, is going to be vastly improved from what they were last year. I'm taking the Raiders in the under. Um, I'm 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 par with you, Sam. Um, I I I think it's a prove it game for Sean Payton and Russ, and therefore yep. he's going to prove that I'm better than Nathaniel Hackett, and I can turn Russell Wilson around. <laughs> um, that over under is tough. I I I'm going to take the over for the reason you said. They still have Devonte Adams. They still have Josh Jacobs. Right. I think that I think the Broncos probably safely pull this out by a touchdown. Uh, I think it comes it comes into the fourth quarter, but ultimately they. But I think that this game is just too important to everything Sean Payton stands for, everything Russell Wilson stands for, and I think that they come out pretty pretty strong, and then they cover. I have no idea how Uncle Sam is possibly going to pick this next game because my God, it's just just hard on Central for him, but. <laughs> The Eagles are heading to Gillette Stadium to play the Patriots. Philadelphia is a four-point favorite in this game. Over under of 45. Easy one for me to pick. Give me Philly minus four. I get it. It's in Foxborough. I get it. It has all the similarities to last night's Lions game. Big difference here is I think that the Patriots are borderlining on petrified dog shit. And the Lions aren't. Um, Philly minus four, over under a 45. I'm going to take the under just because I don't know how much Patriots are going to score. I mean, why does all of a sudden do we trust Mac Jones? Like, last year they wanted to get rid of him for Bailey Zappi, who then they cut. And now Mac Jones is just supposed to go back to being the starter. And it was like Mac Jones spent half the year getting cooked last year, and now he's back in the chair. Like, I'm sorry, Billichek and his girlfriend broke up. Give me the Eagles <laughs> minus four and the under. I'm taking the Eagles and the under. Yeah, yeah uh, turn your back. The, the, the emotions <laughs> are. What do you want me to say? The emotions. Yeah, there's not much to say. You you covered most of it, Sam. The only thing you missed is I think the emotions are going to be very high with uh, it's Tom Brady Day. Uh, oh, it's, it's his mighty return. Tom um, Brady Day. Yeah. Uh, Brady's gonna be in the building. I I like. Wouldn't be surprised if somebody goes to New England to see this game. (laughs) No, he's in he's in New York, Um, (laughs) right down the road. um, I I like the Eagles as well. I like them probably to go double that that minus four, maybe even triple it. Um, But I'm gonna take the over. I actually do think that the uh, I do think that the Patriots are gonna manage some points just because they're they are a dumpster fire, but they cannot show that they're that much of a dumpster fire. And uh, I think they might manage a touchdown or two, but I think the Eagles are going to already have lit it up. Uh, and I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to hit that. What is it? Forty-five. I'm going to hit that over. I think. It is uh, forty-five. Yes. Eagles in the over. Next up, the Miami Dolphins are heading to the West Coast to play the Chargers. Good game right the here. Chargers this should be a big game. Are- this should be fun. Chargers are a three-point favorite over under a 51. This one is easy for me. Give me the Dolphins to cover. Give me the Dolphins to win and give me the over. I don't think there's going to be an ounce of defense played in this game. I think it's going to be shootout central, and I think Miami's ultimately going to pick up a W. I agree. I'll take Dolphins in the over. 
Uh, this is a self-immolation game. This is this is pouring gasoline on yourself and lighting yourself on fire and just seeing how far you can run. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm with you guys. I like the Dolphins. I think there's going to be a lot of Dolphins fans there because Chargers and Rams games end, end up getting raided, for lack of a better term. And uh, I also like the over. I, this is going to be the Tua and Herbert show. There's talk about the two of them all week. They're, they're forever linked because right. they were picked a, a couple picks apart. And uh, I'm excited to watch both of these guys eat. Um, I, I think it's going to be great if they have two healthy offenses, which they do. And I also like the concept. Probably of the only time of the year West. they're going to have it, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. I'm with you. Next up, the Rams are heading to Seattle to play the Seahawks. Seahawks are a four-and-a-half-point favorite over under a 46. Uh, no Cooper Cup. We might just see the two-two at well show, baby. Uh-oh. But I, I, I'm not, I'm not banking on it, and I'm not picking it. I'm going to take Seattle minus four and a half. I think they'll win this game by a touchdown. Um, my faith in the Rams is quickly, quickly heading downhill, and my thoughts that they could be entering into the Caleb Williams sweepstakes and letting Matt Stafford head off into the sunset. I, I think that's becoming a real thing pretty quickly here i'm going to take seattle minus four and a half and i'm gonna take the under in this game uh but you never know we could get the two two at well so for the nuka pukuka pua pua anuka puka kanuka yeah poi, poi. <laughs> i'm gonna take uh seattle and the under yeah i'm with uncle sam seattle and the under um I don't think Seattle's got some crazy bloodbath offense, and I think the Rams have just enough on defense to just to keep to, to counter check. it to keep it low. So I, I like the under in that one. I I think the Rams are going to be rusty, if not bad, um, fringe. But they're going to run the ball well, and that's yeah. going to keep the scoring a little bit lower, in my opinion, because Seattle can't stop the run as well, and the Rams should be able to run the ball well. They got Bobby Wagner back, so yeah, let's see yeah. what happens. Bobby Wagner flipping flipping sides. Yeah. Bobby Wagner flipping <laughs> sides here. That's going to be a big emotional game for him. Yeah. Uh, you know? I, I, Seattle's got a lot going for them. I don't think they're that good, but I think it, they're going to show out on Sunday. And I like the Seahawks with the four and the half, and I also like the under. The Rams are borderlining on petrified dog shit. Yeah, they're point. they're they're on they're fringe dog shit for sure, and I'm happy you talked about Caleb Williams because he plays right there, right. And I think that that uh, I bet you he'll be at the game. That's going to be a narrative. That's going to be an L.A. Times narrative all year. Is do you tank? Uh, real quick on Caleb Williams, he, his dad came out and and said the NFL system's horrible because if you're the number one pick, you get rewarded by going to the first team, and the system's built against you. So he brought up a point why not just hold out? He gets enough NIL money. Why not hold out until you know a team that you like is picking first? So I think that's just, I think that's bullshit. Um, I don't think it's going to work that way. I, I do think Caleb Williams ultimately goes number one overall this year. Uh, it's just too much money to leave on the table, and it's his dream. And I, I think that the Rams are totally in contention to win the Caleb Williams lottery. Next up in a divisional game, the Cowboys are coming to New York to play the Giants. On Sunday Night Football, Dallas a three-point favorite in this game, over five and a half. You, you guys sound still- better. Yeah, I could hear you. Are you worried about your sound right now? Yeah, my headphones just died. You can still hear me? You sound better with the computer audio. Way better. Yeah. 
perfect. Might be a little background noise, but uh, Cowboys coming to New York to play the Giants. Dallas minus three over under 45 and a half. Uh, as much as it pains me to say this, I think I'm going to take the Cowboys in this game. In this game, I'm going to take the Cowboys to cover. And uh, that over, I'm going to hit the over in this game. I think Daniel Jones has something to prove. I think the Cowboys, the Cowboys need to have a show out game. Um, I think this is going to be a good divisional game, but I think ultimately Dallas is going to pull it off to uncle Sam's dismay. All I'm going to say is this, I'm going to take the over and, uh, I have no confidence in Dak Prescott, so I'm taking the Giants. I want you have more confidence in in, in Daniel Jones than yes. Dak Prescott. Absolutely, yes. I hate Dak Prescott. He's dog shit. He's absolute dog shit. Petrified dog shit. He's absolute dog shit. Okay. Um, Prehistoric dog shit. I, I want you to know, I was drafting two teams at once the other night, and it was very difficult. And I mentioned it in the text. I had the first pick. I'm sorry, I had this. I had the second pick in the one league, and I had the last pick in our league. So I'm picking two guys in a row in one, and then four. Like basically, I'm I'm drafting four guys at once, and I could not balance, and I was struggling with that IDP draft. I had issues, and therefore, I don't know if you noticed, I was auto drafted Dak Prescott. I didn't draft him. I just want you to know that I don't want you to hate me. <laughs> that was that was auto draft. I think I was also auto drafted Deshaun Watson, which I'm not happy about. But there's um, there's two guys that you don't draft. One of them is Dak Prescott. Who's the other one? Yeah, Deshaun Watson. No, Sam. Who's the other guy you don't draft beside fucking Dak Prescott? I'll give you a hint. It's a tight end. Kyle Pitts, motherfucker, oh, he's god off. I think he might be Christ. back. I think Kyle Pitts might return this year, but um, Don't I count on it. I disagree with you, Uncle Sam. I, I, um, I'm, I'm getting higher on the Cowboys by the day. Unfortunately, I, I like the Cowboys team. Mm-hmm. I don't trust Dak Prescott. Okay, you ready for this? Yeah, I'm gonna fuck your ass up right now. Dak Prescott has won. 10 games, 10 starts in a row against the New York Giants. Okay. He has not He's lost. He's due for a loss. He has not lost to the Giants in, I think, I, I want to say since 2018 or something. Okay. It may have even been earlier. You'll have to fact check me on that. Okay. It's happened. I think that holds. I think the Cowboys defense is, I, I think that the, the Giants, from a pass catching perspective, are going to struggle similar to how the Chiefs struggled yesterday. I, th- I just don't think they're deep at pass catchers. And uh, I'm excited to see Jalen Hyatt. I don't think it's going to be enough his rookie year going against Stephon Gilmore. Uh, I don't like the matchup of Waller versus those Cowboys linebackers. That being said, I still think Waller's going to eat. Um, I do too. But uh, I, I'm for the opposite. I'm I'm picking Dak, and I think I'm going to go with the under on this one. Cowboys outright, Cowboys to cover, and I like the under. In that game, I think it's going to be a Sunday night, a little more boring game, a little more defensive of a game. Um, but I'm going with the Cowboys until I see okay. other out of the Giants. I think the Cowboys are going to pull it out. And the Bills Jets, we're going to preview on Monday. So that one, uh, you're going to have to wait for. I could tell you yeah. what I'm taking right now if you want to know. Is it Go ahead, green? give it J E T S. Gang green, baby. Gang uh, green. Aaron Rodgers 
at home the ghost of against Hobbs. the biggest choker in the NFL, Josh Allen. Hey, and, you want to uh, know what will be perfect? What? If I am home on Monday, okay. I've already bought something for you to give to you on the show on Monday for you to wear. <laughs> we got to record Monday okay. night if you come home. Maybe that's an incentive for you to come home. Maybe maybe that's a small incentive for you to not yeah. go to the game. As we, I, as I, we, I we may skip the game and come and home. Don't go to that stupid Patriot game either. Real, real don't quick, even go. Real quick while we're talking, Bills, just a quick shout-out to the Yak guys. Um, they, uh, they were awesome, Mike and Nico. Uh, thank you for having me on. I told them we have to have them on at some point. The Bills have a few primetime games, so we'll, we'll circle back. Um, okay. Yeah. But the uh, the big yak guys, they they're they're literally us out east. They're they're a bunch of paisans. Oh. Wow. Um. They're uh they 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 started at the same time. They got a similar follower count. They do the same thing. They focus on the bills and then they talk about the rest of the NFL. And they were awesome. And they let me talk over them like I like I step on you guys' toes for the last couple months. And they were really interested in what I had to say. They're both high on the Lions. Uh, I think Nico actually picked the Lions. Mike, like me, did not. Um, but we were all we were all on par. And, and just a quick shout out to the Big Yak guys. Uh, we appreciate you having us on. Sam, I'm disappointed you couldn't make it. Uncle Sam, they, they gave their uh, they gave their regards. And uh, we got to have the, both those guys on at some point for a, a Bills primetime game. Maybe it's a yeah. Maybe we could we could zoom them in. Yeah. Do a show with them. Yeah. Sounds cool. Sounds cool. They're, they're I'm always down. interested in talking to dudes. They're from great dudes. New York. They literally yeah. sound like us. And all the boxes they check off, you know, just the they're fans of a franchise that hasn't done much. They agree on the Dolphins being able to push the Bills. They're still pretty high on the Bills, but they agree that it's the shitter get off the pot year for the Bills. And uh, we had a great conversation. It was it was good talking to those guys. We talked some pizza. They want to show us some wing spots if we're ever out there. So just a quick shout out to the Big Yak guys. Thanks for having us on. And uh, we're looking forward to to completing the home and home with you guys in the future. I think uh, I think at some point we might need to make a road trip to Buffalo yeah. and do a uh, tip balls versus big yak wing eating contest and just uh, we're winning that all. Well, anchor, you guys are slender. Mike and Nico are pretty slender boys, so I I think that no matter they? what combination of what, you, me, or age? Uncle Sam, age, one of our three fat asses would probably eat wings. We'd we'd eat them under the table for sure. Oh shit! Listen, I'm round. So am I. <laughs> no, I could probably eat more than both of them put together. All three of us. My, my girlfriend always asks, she's like, "Why do you get large T-shirts all the time?" I'm like, "Because I am wider." Then I am long. So Sick. if I get the medium, it just it it's not a pretty sight. I have to walk around with the Mr. Allen's tall T on. Well, in wait order till to you make get to two X and then you'll know. Uncle Sam <laughs> Uncle Sam was so cold last week. The poor guy was trying to try a hoodie on and there were no two X's and the extra There was large, an XL and I, I practically choked myself to death. The extra large over my head. The extra large accentuated every one of his curves. Unfortunately, it was like a fucking my, Rinaldi. My big man, titties were hanging out. <laughs> yeah. My back fat was hanging out. Yes, yes. Moobs. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anything to add, Zolo? Uh, I, I'm, I'm still over the moon from last night, and at moments it hasn't really hit me. And go Lions! I'm just, I'm, I'm so, I'm emotional. Like I was crying last night, and I'm shocked. I'm not crying right now. I'm, I might be in tears when I see Ford Field next week. Um, I will. But I'm pleased. It's, it's only the, the, that's the first stop of the train, and it was one of the hardest stops. And 
I think a lot of people are going to be bought in that weren't bought in. There's still going to be a slew of people that are not interested at all, and a lot can go wrong between now and the end of the year. But, um, yeah, I think I think we're on the horizon of some really, really big things in Detroit this year with our pro football franchise. We're tough. I mentioned it. We've We've toughed it out, and we've waited for this, and that team played tough yesterday. That's my word to define them and go Lions. Grit. I'm I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited for the big weekend ahead too. They had grit yesterday. Grit. I was wearing my grit all shirt. kinds of grit and balls. Yeah. Balls. balls. They had balls yesterday. They were balls. Fake punt inside <laughs> your it. own twenty in That's the it. first quarter. Next week I want to. In nine days I want to go to to Ford Field, run across the field and Superman punch Pete Carroll. That's what I want to do because I can't stand that prick. Bruce, anything to add before we end? Um, I will say. Although he's 70, everything. he might whip my ass. Uh, shout out to Mike Dana. He played lights out against the def- or the offensive line for the Lions. Mike Tirico gave DeLaSalle a shout out yesterday, too. Nice. All right. That, that, that. We're into it. I didn't get to do my outro. You just cut me off. Now, whatever. That's exactly what happened. What the fuck?